When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We give you all the viral stories that are just about to drop. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. If you keep scrolling, scrolling, scrolling and you're never gonna stop, then please, oh please, oh please, oh please don't let this flop. From stupid songs and dances, all the cultural advances, we will cover them from bottom to the top. Just please, oh please, oh please, oh please, I promise you'll appease our please, please, oh please don't let this flop. Hi, I'm EJ Dixon. And I'm Brittany Spanos. Welcome to Don't Let This Flop a podcast about internet culture and TikTok brought to you by Rolling Stone. So, <laughs> I'm laughing because <laughs> Brittany and I, we promised, we said over and over again, we're not going to talk about it just like that. We're not going to talk about it just like that. And now we're <laughs> talking about it just like that. Yeah. I mean, it's not really a TikTok thing. There is a TikTok, but like we, we need to talk about it. We need to, we need to unpack it. Yeah, I'm not going to pretend there's a TikTok angle. This is just, I mean, we just had to talk about this it. This is an EJ and Brittany angle. Yeah. Um, we're basically TV critics at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't want to say, you know, but like we're we're kind of we're kind of like TV critics at this point. So like every single other person, EJ and I have gotten sucked into and just like that. It was a bit of Sean Freud on my part. I was ready to totally avoid it because I love Sex in the City. I was a big fan of the original show, have watched it multiple times, but I couldn't bear the idea of a reboot without Sam. Like I was I had like a moral stance against the show. I wrote the- about it. Yeah, like I like could not, I couldn't do it. Like this, I wrote this show will not work without Sam. Right. Like, like I'm on the record saying that. Yeah, like I like could not even fathom why people were interested in watching it, and so I had a lot of friends who immediately started watching from episode one, and I was getting a bunch of spoilers and like my group chats, and also just being online. A lot of people were, of course, watching this because they wanted to see the train wreck that was Sex in the City without Samantha. Um. So after after reading the spoilers and being thoroughly confused by every single thing that was happening, I mean, even also like the whole Peloton debacle and like just everything that happened with that, like all the reactions to it. I ended Big up died being, on a Peloton in case. Yeah. In, in case Big died not. on a Peloton. And then there was a commercial. To new beginnings. To new beginnings. You look great. Oh, I feel great. Should we take another ride? And promptly after that, Chris Noth was canceled for um being accused of sexual assault like it was just like a whole mess over the course of a week that happened after the show and we should probably note that it was right after he had done an absolutely humiliating scene where he jerked off in front of carrie and so his trajectory was literally jack off die get me to yes that's a good way to put it that's exactly what happened to him it was it's not been a good couple months for chris no not at all but also this is of course happening while the show is getting kind of mixed reviews like i feel like no one in my life could really settle on what they why they're watching (laughs) the show or if they liked it after the first few episodes so after all of that i just had all these questions around the time that episode three aired i was like why is miranda an alcoholic what are they going to do about stanford the actor had passed away very recently what did it mean when everyone said Carrie could have saved big? Who the fuck is Che Diaz? So you didn't so, know the answer to any of these questions before you started watching the show? It was sort of just, you know, just you mm-hmm. just see tweets. I hadn't watched it. 
Right. So, so I started you, watching so you it. Were really, you must have been really confused. I was deeply confused. Mm-hmm. I was just happy Big died. I hated Big. Um, yeah. That was like the only thrilling part of it. So watching it ever since has been nothing short of a 30-minute serotonin rush every single week. The show is bad. Yes. But it's also incredible. Though I don't it's think still, it's bad, but we'll get into that. <laughs> I mean, it's the, the writing sometimes is like a little off. We'll get to that. Um, mm-hmm. There are definitely some things I, you know, I think the, I like, the thing is that I still think it needs Samantha. I still mm-hmm. think that needs to happen. I love what they've done with the characters. I love what, like, I love every single trajectory of all the characters. I feel like they are, like, new characters in a sense. Like, it's definitely a separate show in, in my heart from what Sex and the City was. But it's also the logical kind of step forward for all these characters, in my opinion. Um you know, I could do less with the woke. This is what the, I think is bad. I think what they do with wokeness, quote unquote, wokeness is Absolutely. awful. I think it is some of the cringiest things I've ever seen on television. Yeah. So basically the context for that is is that, you know, when when the original Sex and the City first aired, um, it received some criticism because it's, you know, a lily white show. Like it's just, so white. It's, it's the experiences of four, you know, white women navigating New York City. They, you know, and rarely no had boyfriends of color. Of color. There's yeah. no people of color whatsoever. And the show was correctly criticized mm-hmm. for that. Um, and so were the, you know, two movies that were made after it. And they ended so up bringing happened, in Jennifer Hudson as the one. Oh my black god! Character. And like the most useless, boring, milquetoast <laughs> as, character ever. as Carrie's assistant. And Carrie gives her the ugliest person I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> But um, so clearly what happened in the writer's room before the reboot was that the writers were like, okay, we're going to add some characters of color. Like, we just want to make it clear to the audience that, like, we're listening. So what they did was they added exactly four characters of color. They added a non-binary Latino um, Irish person, Che Diaz, who becomes Mm -hmm. uh, Miranda's love interest. They added Nia Wallace, who is Miranda's law professor slash friend who has this fertility uh, arc that is really, you know, not very well developed. Um, Lisa Todd Wexley, who is Charlotte's, like, friend, and Charlotte's, and she's just, like, a very, you know, upper class, um, a black woman who's married to, like, a mayoral candidate, and who's, oh, Seema! How could I forget Seema? My queen, Seema. She's everything I want to be and more. She's the Samantha replacement, and she's excellent. And Seema is, like, well, my friend, my friend Rex, I'll give him a shout out, has a theory that Seema is Carrie's Tyler Durden. But she's basically, like, the single realtor who, like, can do anything that Carrie needs. Like, Carrie needs an apartment. Seema's on it. Carrie needs to, like, go to a club. Seema's on it. Like, Carrie needs, like, anything. Seema will take care. Carrie needed surgery. Seema got her a doctor. Like, you know, like, Carrie, like Seema's taking care of everything. And she's also And as you pointed single. out, none of the characters have really interacted with Seema exactly. at length. So we haven't disproven that yet. We have not disproven that Seema exists mm-hmm. <laughs> or does not exist. But I I have been moved to tears many times by the show. I have found it so enjoyable. Um, you know, again, like the woke fumbles, whatever. Like that's just like it's just like kind of like cringy plot plot wise. But like for the most part, the show has been really really beautiful. And much like Miranda's life, it also got much better as a show after Miranda got finger blasted by Che Diaz in Carrie's kitchen while Carrie, recovering from surgery, had to piss in a bottle and watch her friend's gay awakening. People were really angry about that episode because, like, Miranda's married has has been married to Steve. Um, I have yeah. I have a lot of thoughts on Steve. 
I know. Steve is great. So everybody was mad at Miranda for betraying Steve. But, like, I loved that moment because, like, it's the ultimate schadenfreude for Carrie. Like, if you're a Carrie hater, which I definitely am, like, having her piss in a bottle and splash piss all over herself while watching her friend get fingered in a bathroom is, like, the ultimate revenge fantasy for Carrie haters. Up until the point where I was woken up by my best friend having sex in the kitchen with my boss. And I wet myself in the bed because... There was no one to help me to the bathroom. Yeah. So Steve, I this is my this is my other issue with the with the season is that I feel like it is character assassination what they have done to Steve. Mm-hmm. They made him just like I don't know, they like gave him all these like old people problems and I'm like, okay, Steve would never forget how to finger Miranda. His whole one thing was that he was great at sex. That's that true. Was like the big part of his character was that he was amazing at sex. There's no I do not believe that he would forget how to finger his wife. That is a disgusting piece of character assassination. And of course, Che Diaz is the the talk of the entire series, the character that everyone loves to hate, the non-binary comedian and host of a podcast Carrie appears on, played by Sada Ramirez of Grey's Anatomy and Spamalot fame, has become the most controversial TV character at the moment. Official Sean Penn launched Che Diaz comedy concert shirts. EJ, of course, wrote a spectacular defense of Che, Leah Delaria sent out a public service announcement on TikTok, the TikTok angle, to let people know that <laughs> she is not Che. <laughs> Just how, how do you, okay, how have your opinions on Che changed since you've written the article now that the series is over? Or the, at least the season? We don't know if there's a second season. Um, I actually tweeted this, like, after I watched the finale, I was like, I officially retract that article. It was, like, 2,000 words that I wrote, like, defending Che. Because Che Diaz had, like, as you said, like, had this reputation as being the worst character on TV. And I thought that was kind of unfair to Sara Ramirez. Yeah. Um, and, it, you know, I thought it did a disservice to their performance. And I also thought it did a disservice to the actors, honestly. Because the thing about Miranda's storyline is a lot of people have criticized it this season. But the actor who played Miranda, Cynthia Nixon, had sort of a late-in-life queer awakening mm-hmm. after being married to a heterosexual man. Um, much like Miranda. And she actively campaigned yeah. for this storyline. And I think, and and Sarah Ramirez also had a similar trajectory in their own personal life. Yeah. Um, you know, they were married to a man, they came out as bisexual, then they later came out as bi- as non-binary, and, they, and then they got a divorce. So it seemed like a very personal storyline yeah. for both of these actors. And I didn't think a lot of the criticism was really taking that into account. And also, like, Miranda is the most, like, faux, woke, progressive yeah. person in the world like in this reboot like she's the kind of person who would be into like the high hope stance for Pete Buttigieg's campaign it was, it was actually really funny because my friends and I were debating whether or not Miranda would have voted for Cynthia Nixon as governor of New York absolutely not yeah absolutely not yeah we were like she definitely gives the energy of like being like, thank God we had someone experienced to handle like the pandemic in, in early 2020 with Cuomo. You know, like she definitely has that like that vibe. Uh, I was surprised by Miranda's late in life queer awakening. Yeah. But the fact that she was attracted to Che Diaz, like like as I was saying earlier, like Miranda is the most faux progressive, you know, boomer in the world. Like, of course, she would see Che Diaz's brand of like progressivism and like the Netflix comedy concert that isn't particularly funny and like and you know the constant smoking weed like she would see that as so cool like that's totally yeah. in character for Miranda so the relationship yeah. made a lot of sense to me yeah I I don't know I I feel like it 
I feel like the, my only issue with the storyline was what they did to Steve, like as a character. I feel like they just changed his character to make it make more sense. And I was like, it could have just made more sense with Steve being still the same character that he was. Okay, but I think you're practicing a little bit of revis- of like historical revisionism because Steve was always a fucking doofus. He was, but they made him <laughs> so like so. It's so extra. You have to admit, it's so extra. Miranda, you're leaving me for a woman. <laughs> He's always. I gotta do go. They made him like pee pathetic. in the bathroom. <laughs> they made him so pathetic. Anyway, I just I and I. This is my defense of Steve. I will defend so few white straight men in my life, but Steve from Sex and the City is one of them, unfortunately. Did, did we talk about how he's going to hook up with Carrie next season? If there is a next season, which there should be, there better I be. Really, okay, there there needs to be a second season. Um, I I think that should happen. I'm like, I I didn't see it as much when I first watched that episode, the episode where they. Um, where Carrie and Steve have this this big talk after Miranda tells Steve that she's leaving him. And um, it's like the first time that they're kind of like talking. He's trying to get info from Carrie. And it is a very, very tender scene. I didn't quite see it because also, again, like I feel like they literally shroud Steve in so much, like making him so, so extra pathetic in everything. Like he's like refusing to take <laughs> off his ring. And then him telling Carrie that he refuses to take off his ring makes Carrie finally be like, well, I guess I should probably take off mine. Yeah, like I was like, I couldn't read it as anything other than that. But then everyone um, sort of convinced me otherwise where I was like, okay, like maybe they'll probably do that next season. But I mean, at the end of the finale, spoiler alert, but she does hook up with the the hot podcast producer that I called from episode one. Of course, because they kept cutting to the hot podcast producer and just just like showing his face and not giving him any lines. And yeah. like, look at this hot guy. And they you don't know? give him any lines until the literal last episode. Until he literally makes out with Carrie in an elevator. Like just telegraphing it so obscenely without actually investing anything into the storyline. I also got such chills when when she did the opening line of her new podcast where she was like, I'm Carrie Bradshaw. This is Sex in the City. That was that was a moment. Did I get emotional? Yes. After okay, but she, why after she tosses Biggs <laughs> after she tosses Biggs ashes out of a rhinestone Eiffel Tower purse on the Seine while wearing a giant fluffy orange dress. I mean, the show is so iconic. Yeah, you want to talk about ugly purses. Uh, that was an iconic ugly purse. I like texted all my friends. I was just like, please, when I die, do the same. Who exact is same the, outfit, exact same purse. Rena. Who's it. the woman who makes the rhinestone, the notoriously ugly rhinestone bags? You know. I don't know. No, you know. You know. You know out of any, you know. The notorious, I, the duck bags. The notoriously the duck ugly bags? duck bags. I literally yes. have no idea. Uh, okay. I have to look this up because it's going to, yeah. Judith. Please tell s- me. Judith something. But that's what it looked like to me. Yeah, it was so, it was so bad. And the text with Samantha, I mean, every single text scene that they had with Samantha the invisible Samantha was also very emotional for me. Oh my, I do think she's going to come back. Judith they, Lieber. Judith Lieber. Oh, yes. That name it looked like familiar. a Judith Lieber. It looked like a Judith Lieber back. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, they set it up so much this season. Like they really built this whole storyline about like her and Carrie reconciling while Samantha's never seen. But Kim Cattrall and... Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker do not get along at all. Like they literally have you read the stories about how hard they fought and ki- like that calling her Carrie that Sarah Jessica Parker was like literally bullying Kim Cattrall on set. 
They didn't let her share their summer house when they were yeah. shooting in Atlantic City. The three of them stayed at the same house and they and they completely left Kim out. I'm team Kim, always have been team yeah, Kim. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of um, a huge mess. And Kim Cattrall has been very on the record about how she doesn't plan to come back. There have been known hints that she wants to come She's been so back. messy about it. She's been so, so messy. And she deserves to be messy. It sounds like they treated really her really awfully. Like she... Yeah was, you know, really sidelined, but she was a character that's so iconic and really helped make the show what it was. Like, she was the sex on Sex and the City. Like, period. Like, she was the one who was getting railed every single way on every single episode. So much so that when I watched the edited CW versions late at night as a high schooler, I didn't even know she was a real character. They <laughs> they had to cut all our scenes. Um, but, yeah, like, it's just, I, I can't imagine what they'd have to do to get her back. Like, I don't know what kind of black magic they will have to pull to convince. They would have to give her so much money. But she's also now on How I Met Your Father. So, Yeah, you know. and we can't go into that show because we have such divergent opinions and we'll be here That's forever. on the next, on our next um, <laughs> TV criticism. <laughs> Just like. As, as you said before we recorded, Hillary Duff triggers me and I don't think that I have the emotional fortitude. To, and I've to... been moved to tears by every single episode of it so far. I'm okay. going through something, I think. I don't know what. <laughs> let's, let's we'll find about, out let's later. Talk about something, let's talk about something that is arguably even more annoying than how I met your father. Um, <laughs> so let's do let's do the straight people. Straight people. I mean, usually with this segment, we talk about relationship stuff. But in this case, like, I don't know about you, but I can't think of anything more straight than the celebrity that's not my name trend yeah. on TikTok. Yeah. Um, where celebrities just go on TikTok and basically recite their IMDb pages to the tune of the 2007 Ting Tings hit. That's not my name. And basically the trend is they go through all of their film and TV roles um, with the song playing. It's a banger. We'll we'll play it for you just as a reminder. They call me help. They call me Stacey. They call me help. They call me Jane. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. That's not my name. They call me Quite. So it was started by Alicia Silverstone, mm-hmm. of all people. And since then, like Everyone and their mother has jumped on this trend. Drew Barrymore, Adina Menzel, uh, Laverne Cox, Victoria Justice, Kyle MacLachlan. Um, The Rock did it. Reese Witherspoon did it. Yeah. Which is wild to me because this is like, when I first saw this, I was like, oh, this is a great trend for like B, B plus list actors because the whole point of it is that like, these are people who have been called the names of like various iconic characters that they've played without being referred to by their own actors' names. You know, Um, so, but that's not really an A-lister problem. Like, nobody is really going to, like, go after Reese Witherspoon on the street and be like, hey, Bradley Jackson. Like, they're going to be like, hey, it's Reese Witherspoon. Um, But it's really, it's it's blown up. You can't scroll through your For You page without seeing it and getting that song stuck in your head. And, um... Look, I don't want to be a hater. We've 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 gotten hate for being haters on here, but I I hate it so much. I don't know how you feel about it. You said you had thoughts. I assume you hate it too. I do hate it and like I feel like I I feel like it's one of those things where the purpose of it to me is that you're sort of showcasing their iconic roles that you've had. That's what I assumed the purpose of it was when I first saw it. because I think the first one I saw was Drew Barrymore. And mm-hmm. you know what? I know the names of all the characters that she put in there because she's Drew Barrymore. Like, that's an iconic actress where, like, she has yeah. all these, like, very name brand characters. Um, 
for it. But it's been so funny when it's like, you know, like just people <laughs> doing like these deep cut, like deep, deep cut, like Victoria Justice. I was like, what? I was like, I literally don't know who any of these characters that you're showing me are. Like, what movies are these from? Like, I love when I see them and I'm just like, I literally cannot name a single movie that is like Reese Witherspoon did it. Like, I think it's better for like the A-list actors where it's like they clearly have all this, all these name, all these characters that are like very name brand that, you know, and can like recite that. Like, that's what I thought the purpose of the trend was at first. But then it's just like all these people. I'm just like, what movie is this from? What TV show is this from? Like, who are you? It's only- really, really funny. Yeah. I, I like I, I like Laverne Cox has someone named Dr. Lakin Perios. Who on is there. that? Yeah. Who is that? I mean, oh. I can tell you who that is because I looked it up. It's the episode. It's it's the role she played on an episode of the blacklist. But like who is running down the street chasing after Laverne Cox saying, oh my God, it's Dr. Lake in Perios. What's the blacklist? Don't oh, you know well, what that is. <laughs> that's a James Spader show. Oh, I never. It's for boomers. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. But like, and Jennifer Garner did it and like, and she and she has Laura Pickler on there. Do you have any idea who Laura Pickler is? No. Like what, a re- what reference? It's from Butter. It's from a 2006 movie about a Butter Yeah, see, that's the thing where it's like, I don't know. I feel like it only effectively works for like, like 10 actors at most. Honestly, the one that I found the most, that I liked most surprisingly was like Adina Menzel's. I mean, like, I don't know. I think it works really well when you're kind of a character actor too. And like yeah. you're doing stuff where you like appear as characters that are super well known. And like Adina Menzel has done so many Disney movies and is in a lot of musicals, like all the care. I think there was like maybe like one or two characters in there that I had no idea who they were. But for the most part, like, it was a straight. It was straight through. Like maybe I'm an Adina Menzel fan, but I thought the adult scene part was like really funny at the end because that is not her name. <laughs> it's not her name. That was it's the, the most, most literal version form of, of "That's Not My Name" yeah. of all time when John Travolta called her adult scene. Here to perform the Oscar-nominated, gorgeously empowering song "Let It Go" from the Oscar-winning animated movie Frozen. Please welcome the wickedly talented one and only Adela Zine. Um, but yeah, I actually do kind of like, there have been a couple with voice actors, like E.G. Daly, who's a very iconic voice actor. That one was good. See, like, it's like really good when it's like character. Like, I, I like the ones where it's like, yeah, like people who do cartoons and stuff like that, because they clearly are people who are working on a lot of iconic stuff, but you may not know. Yeah, exactly. um, What they're doing. And like E.J. Daly was a perfect one because she just like has voiced so many incredible characters over the years, like Tommy Pickles and like a bunch of, you know, I can't remember. Off the and head, she's like, also Phoebe Buffay's former bandmate on Friends and yeah. the love interest in Pee Wee's Big Top Adventure. Yeah. I so mean, like, who knows that? Like that's, that's valuable information. That's like an educational TikTok. Yeah. And it's just like, so, I'm just like, who, like so many people, I'm just like, I don't know what, what this is anymore. I don't know what you're trying to do because all you're proving is that I have no idea what you've been in. I mean, it's speaking speaking of like iconic characters, have you seen the slander of Mina the Elephant from Sing? I have not seen Sing, but I have seen I have no further context for this. And I've seen some of the videos and I've heard the sound repeat. I've seen the scene. I've heard the sound be used repeatedly. Okay, so so let me break it down for you as somebody who's seen as the parent of a five-year-old who has thus seen the Sing franchise movies like 10 times each. So it's basically a movie about an American Idol type competition starring mm-hmm. animals. It's 
very simple, very straightforward. It's like a star-studded cast. Reese is in it. Matthew McConaughey's in it. It's from one of, um, it's from the Illumination studio, the studio that made Despicable Me. And there's one character in the movie who's Mina, who's the shy elephant who's played by um, Tori Kelly, who's a pretty famous singer. Mm -hmm. And she's getting a ton of hate on TikTok right now. She's getting a ton of hate on TikTok right now for honestly like a very legitimate reason. Like this is the most justifiable cancellation that I've ever seen, I think. (laughs) Please watch this scene of her at her grandfather's birthday party if you have not yet seen it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear grandpa. Happy birthday to you. So describe what you just saw, please. (laughs) Mina? Tell the jury what you saw. (laughs) Mina the elephant. I don't know. That did fill me with like that much rage, you know, but like Mina the elephant (laughs) comes in with a birthday cake for her grandfather's birthday party. Yes. I see in the script. (laughs) I'm facing (laughs) off the context. (laughs) And everyone's singing happy birthday as they do. And then she decides to put a little, little pizzazz on it, a little Christina riffin on happy birthday while holding the cake out singing everyone in the in the home so in real life how would you respond if somebody did that i would be impressed no you wouldn't that's bullshit no no you would not (laughs) you'd be so weirded out everybody would just automatically turn and look at that person and then never talk to them again and they would talk about it they would text about it on the group thread for hours afterward if (laughs) if there was a birthday party and everybody was singing happy birthday and one person like went all christina and went happy birthday to you you would fucking drag that person to hell you are lying i don't know oh my god you would not be impressed i might i don't know are you the person who's doing that no i absolutely cannot sing I disagree. I've seen you at karaoke, but I can't, it's all about the performance. But I can't, I can't sing like that. I do, okay. I do get mad when I go to karaoke bars and people are there to like just show off the fact that they can sing, right? Like that's it's the same annoying. thing. It's the but same exact you know, thing. It's it's her grandfather's birthday. Maybe he wants to hear her sing. He in the movie he does in the movie he's like you're so gifted, Mina. Like you have to go out for the singing competition, okay, and she's too shy. A, uh, yeah, that's beautiful. It's. Oh. <laughs> I was really hoping we'd be on the same That's page. That's an empowering this. moment. <laughs> I mean, the internet disagrees with you, and I disagreed with you when I first yeah. saw it. Like, I've I have been on an anti-Mina campaign since the second I saw this movie for like the past five years. Like, it's an inside joke with me and my friends. Like, if somebody does what you were just talking about, like at a karaoke bar, we'll be we'll be like, oh, she's pulling a Mina. But yeah. the internet is finally, you know, picking up on this that Mina's awful. Mina Slander has 57.6 million views. And this all happened because somebody <laughs> made a video of that scene with the caption, and this is all in all caps. No, because she was mad extra for singing happy birthday like that. Like, shut up. It's literally just a birthday song. And <laughs> it spawned a movement. Like, people are calling her a pick me. There's a video of someone crushing Mina's skull, putting her in a blender. It's honestly, like, it's gotten very violent. So I've seen, I've the sound is all over my For You page right now. Mm-hmm. And it's been all over it. I honestly thought, so I thought the first time I saw it, because I have never seen Sing, was um, someone put it over a video of Ariana Grande um, <laughs> to singing to her brother. 
But but Ariana actually did that. Like somebody on Earth yeah. a video of her doing that at Frankie's birthday party. Jazz hands. Jazz and apparently, like, I cannot cite a source for this, but it might be you, actually. You might have honestly told me this. <laughs> but somebody somebody once told me, like, who grew up with Frankie Grande that, like, Ariana would, like, regularly, like, as a child, like, sing at birthday parties. Like, they'd trot her out and, like, sing Oh, I didn't know birthday, that. Like this at yeah. birthday parties. And as a side note, somebody who went to Yale with Allison Williams also told me that Allison Williams would volunteer to sing at Yale frat parties too, like do a similar thing. <laughs> Which is not at all, neither of those stories are even remotely surprising to me. But, um, I mean, this is like a disease. This is an epidemic. People singing yeah. happy birthday like in a really extra way for attention is like a I mean, real problem in our society. Yeah. I, I, I'm i gonna defend Mina. This is oh. my in defense of Chadias. Oh, my God. I guess I deserve that. Okay. In defense of Mina the Elephant. (laughs) What is your defense? What's your defense? Her grandfather really wanted her to sing and was very supportive of her and loved her very much and, like, wanted to see her thrive as a singer. And, of course, she she pulled out a little extra something-something for his birthday to give him a little bit of, like, a, you know, like, a thank you. Here's me singing. Okay, but in the the clip— She's not, like, doing it on purpose. Like, it's almost like she gets so carried away by the emotion of the song that she has to sing, like, Christina Aguilera, and then she's, like, embarrassed about it. Like, yeah. as, somebody, as somebody who's a decent singer, you know, I'm, like, flipping my hair right now. Like, as somebody <laughs> who's, like, a competent singer, I can tell you that, like, you can turn it on and off, like, very easily. Okay, you know? but it's also <laughs> a cartoon. Let Mina live. No. Let her no. sing for her grandpa. I'm sorry. No, I don't care it, that it's a children's movie. I don't Ugh. care if she's a shy, a shy element elephant. Like it is. I stand not okay with Mina. Sing. I stand with Mina. I can't believe we were divided over Mina the elephant. <laughs> <laughs> of all things, Mina the elephant. The I'm unnecessary very cancellation and bullying. The cancel culture. <laughs> it's come for Mina the elephant. I will not stand for it. Okay, please don't go all Ben Shapiro and like Candace Owens about this. <laughs> some people deserve to be canceled. And some and a prime example of that is somebody who sings happy birthday in a really extra way. Like, like Mina the Elephant. And now it's time for Himbo of the Week. So we were talking about Mina the Hippo earlier. So speaking of troublesome animation, <laughs> there are apparently four Pinocchio movies coming this year, which I had no idea about. It's too many. <laughs> so, like, that's way too many. Way too many. <laughs> and one of them is from Lionsgate. It's called Pinocchio, A True Story. And its trailer just dropped. And we're just going to play you the trailer. I don't believe my eyes. Your name will be Pinocchio. Father, when can I leave to be on my own? I've got the whole world to see. So the movie stars Polly Shore as Pinocchio. Polly Shore <laughs> of son-in-law and Biodome fame. He was known in the 90s for being like a stoner, surfer, slacker type, basically the classic himbo, except not hot. Mm-hmm. Curiously, it also stars John Heater of Napoleon Dynamite fame. And the most confusing thing about that is the video I just played is actually from the Lionsgate TikTok account. And it's captioned the yasification of Pinocchio. Like, why is Lionsgate official TikTok account promoting this as, look how weird and bad it is that we cast this guy as Pinocchio? It's so confusing. This is I, all 
so confused. You thought it was a joke when you saw the trailer, right? Because you thought it was I, it. I saw it on Twitter first and it was like mm-hmm. from a random account on Twitter. It wasn't from the official Lionsgate account. And I thought it was like an edit. I thought someone had added like a weird voice to like someone had like dubbed it with like a uh, kind of like, I don't know, droll voice over over Pinocchio. And I could not like when when you sent me the official TikTok, I could not believe like my I my entire group chat had convinced ourselves that it was a dub. Like it could not be real. Yeah, it's kind of seems like an April Fool's joke, to be honest. Yeah. Like casting Polly Shore as Pinocchio. Polly Shore is just like I, I mean, it's such a 90s throwback, and he's in it, it's it seems like a setup for like a Dave Letterman joke in the 90s, honestly. <laughs> like that Polly Shore would play Pinocchio. But from what I've been able to glean, this is legit. Um, this is like so from my understanding is that this movie was actually originally Russian, and this yeah. is a dubbed version that Lionsgate is distributing. But because Lionsgate is promoting it on its TikTok, like it seems like it's legit. Yeah. Which is it's- wild to me. It's so, so weird. It's not getting a theatrical release, but it'll be on DVD and on demand March 22nd. I mean, I'm definitely going to watch it. I have already <laughs> made plans to watch it. Um, really? Yeah, I'm I'm going. I will. Who are I your plans with? The group chat that was trying to figure out if it was real. How are you going to watch it? Do you? What's your what's the plan? What's the plan of attack? I'm going to eat an edible and I'm going to go see it. I will probably <laughs> feel like I'm trapped in another haunted house of my own making. So I... I mean, you know, that's the best way as a as a non-parent. I know I know you have to watch these movies much differently, but that's the best way. That's how I saw Sonic. On an on an edible? Yeah, it was the best experience of my life. <laughs> it was so much fun. Cuz I mean, this is like I have seen so much worse shit than this. Like this barely registers. Like the stuff <laughs> that my son watches is bad beyond the human capacity for reason. <laughs> Honestly, like are you, are you familiar with Paw Patrol? I've heard of it, but I'm anti-cop. (laughs) (laughs) So I can't support. (laughs) I mean, aside from the fact that, yes, it does glorify cops. Um, it's, it's just horrible. Like the animation is horrible. The scripting, like everything about it is horrible. It's just a bunch of dogs that like solve crime. Yeah. Uh, But, uh, and, and there's a villain who's coded gay. And I am very proud of the fact that my son like learned about gay people from Mayor Humdinger, who is very clearly (laughs) coded gay. Like that was his introduction into the LGBTQ community. I am proud of that. But it's, it's just like. All of this shit is so dumb. Like this, this is like this. This registers so low. Like seeing Paw Patrol, all of this stuff. It's just all so bad. Yeah. Like nobody puts any effort into children's movies anymore. Except um, for Polly Shore. Except for Polly Shore, I guess. So, um, congratulations, Polly Shore, as Pinocchio for winning Himbo of the Week. This is a huge honor. We will be. We will be watching. We will be streaming. We will be streaming. We'll probably be pirating, honestly. I'm not actually paying money for this. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's be so, real. So, someone send us a screener. Yes. Oh, my God. Please, please someone send Lions us a screener. Gate, if you're listening, please send screeners to Britney Spanos, E.J. Dixon, Rolling Stone. And we'll review it. Badly, probably. But <laughs> even we'll review it. I mean, if that edible hits right, right before the movie, <laughs> that review might be really great. Polly Shore as exclusive. Polly Shore as Pinocchio is a revelation. 
<laughs> it's going to be like I was moved to tears. Like I went by everything <laughs> else we talked about in this, in this episode. John Hedder as the Mormon donkey sparkles. <laughs> I do cry very easily. So I, I can't imagine that like Pinocchio won't make me cry a little bit. Take the adventure. I did want to see the world, but I realized she is the most beautiful thing the world has to offer. Thanks so much for listening to Don't Let This Flop This Week in TikTok, brought to you by Rolling Stone and Cumulus Podcast Network. Written and hosted by me, EJ Dixon, and Brittany Spanos. Executive produced by Jason Fine, Bridget Shelsey, and Elizabeth Garber-Paul. Edited by Dan Stein, and original music composed by Daniel Mertzleft. <laughs>